0: Welcome to A Star Witness. Hello everyone, this is Kayla bringing another episode and I just want to say I recently got back from a trip that I had taken with my family and it went really well. Thank you for those of you who were praying for me and are safe traveling. The Lord heard and answered our prayers and I'm so grateful for that. But before we get started today, I want to say something. This topic that I'm going to talk about is really important and it is a fundamental thing that is going on even today. So many people are confused about this topic and the devil wants to deceive so many people with this topic. And it is so important that we know what is actually going on with this. So before we get started, let's say a word of prayer so that we have the Lord with us and he can lead and guide us into the truth. So with that, let's bow our heads and close our eyes. Dear Heavenly Father, Lord, thank you for another day of life and health. Lord, we ask that you please Please send your spirit to lead and guide this study. Help us to be more like you. Help us to learn more of you. Help us to always be studying and learning and changing our characters for you. Help us to also reach out to others and bring them to you. Lord, you have so much love and you want all of us to be with you. Help us to portray that love to others. We ask all these things in your precious holy son's name. Amen. As I was saying before, this is a very important topic and every person needs to be made aware of the danger of the false teachings out there. And we'll go into some things out there that people are suspicious of in a little bit, and I'll explain further what I mean. And first things first is you're probably wondering what this topic is that I'm speaking of, and it's life after death. What happens to us when we die? Do we go to hell? Do we go to heaven? Do we do nothing? Or are we spirits floating around in the earth? These questions and more are going Going to be answered on today's podcast. First, I'd like to go into the misconception of how this all began, the history of it, and then get into the truth of what it actually is and what the Bible and the spirit of prophecy have to say about it. To the law and to the testimony, if they speak not according to these words, there is no light in them, which means there's no truth in it. So if it's not according to what the Lord is saying, don't believe it. So the question is, when did the idea first manifest itself that there Was life after death? Some of you may be surprised by this answer, and some of you may have already guessed what it is. Most people don't realize this, but it all started in the Garden of Eden when Satan talked through the serpent. And it was one of the very first lies ever told, and the first deception that Satan used to persuade Eve to eat the forbidden fruit. Let's go and see for ourselves in Genesis 3 1 through 5. It says, Now the serpent was more subtle than any beast of the field which the Lord God had made. And he said unto the woman, Yea, hath God said, Ye shall not eat of every tree of the garden? And the woman said unto the serpent, We may eat of the fruit of the trees of the garden, but of the fruit of the tree which is in the midst of the garden, God hath said, Ye shall not eat of it, neither shall ye touch it, lest ye die. And the serpent said unto the woman, Ye shall not surely die, for God doth know that in the day ye eat thereof, then your eyes shall be open, and ye shall be as gods, knowing good and evil. See, Eve was misrepresenting God's words here. She said, you may not eat of the fruit or touch it, but God never said she couldn't touch it. She just couldn't eat of it, her or Adam. And Satan saw that mistake and he grasped it and ran with it. And Satan was very appealing to her, telling her that she wouldn't die, she'd live forever, and she'd be immortal like the Lord, when in fact, immortality can only be given by the Lord. If Eve had never eaten from the tree of knowledge of good and evil, she would have never died or known the consequences of sin or evil. Sin brings death. Maybe not right away, but eventually all who have sinned and not confessed their sins will die the second death where there is no resurrection. And we'll get into that in another podcast. But from that deception, it was easy for the father of lies to spin it further and further from the truth until people believed all sorts of things about what happens to you after you die. But there's only one right truth, and all other paths are leading to destruction. Narrow is the gate that leads to truth, and broad is the way that leads to death and destruction, we're told from the Bible. Although it doesn't mention this in the Bible, I'm sure many of you know that the Egyptians believed in the afterlife. That is why they built such elaborate graves. They believed that everything you put in the grave would be with you in the afterlife, which is why when a pharaoh died, they would often kill his most loyal servants to go with him into the afterlife and serve him there. Sometimes they would even kill their wives, and that's just crazy. They would also put in gold and food and other things so that they would be comfortable in the afterlife, not realizing that it was all for nothing. And that wasn't the only religion that would kill people so that they would be with them in the afterlife. In some countries, like in Egypt, they would kill the spouses so that the husband and wife would be with each other forever, such as in India, and they would throw her on the fire while she was still alive. Gruesome and awful as that sounds, I know, but it's something that has happened and luckily it was banned and it is no longer the law to do that in those countries as far as I know they still don't do that anymore maybe in some places you never know the world is a crazy place they believe that the couple would be together forever and that the wife should not be allowed to get remarried that they would have to stay together even through death not knowing that there was no life after death and then of course you have the spiritualists and they've been around since almost the beginning of time since there was sin in the world some of you You may know the history of that religion and how scary it is, and I'm not going to go into it so deep, but needless to say, they've always believed in life after death. They know and make a conscious choice to serve Satan, making sacrifices to the dead, and a lot of religious worship their dead loved ones or dead spiritual leaders, and they make them idols and bow down before them, and we know from a previous podcast that idol worship is wrong, and you also can know that from the Ten Commandments itself. And at one point in time, a lot of the world did not have such a fascination with the spiritualists as they do now. I mean, in the 1800s, everyone was blown away by the story of the Fox Sisters. Maybe you've heard of them, maybe you haven't, but I'll go into a little bit of their history. The Fox Sisters told about a mysterious knocking at their house. It sent chills through the people's bones to hear the story. They'd never heard of this before, and the sisters were not playing a hoax. They would invite people, over and they would ask questions and then they would get a knock on the walls back and it was very bizarre and people were all talking about it. There was so much news coverage about it and it made people question if there was an afterlife and if the dead really could hear from beyond the grave. And then it spread like wildfire and there was more and more people telling their own chilling stories of mysterious things happening in their homes such as things getting knocked over, Lights turning on and off, hearing footsteps or creaking in the stairs or on the hallways. And that's even going on nowadays. People are still having these experiences. And in this day and age, not only do people accept the fact, but they love the stories and they make movies about it and go and sit and participate in seances and they play with Ouija boards, not realizing the dangers they're putting themselves in. And I've been told by people who have actually played with that wicked game the results of what. Happened, and it was nothing but pure evil. People who play with these sorts of things and go to these sorts of things are terrified, they are so scared, they run from the room. A lot of people do not know what they're getting themselves into when they go into this, they don't understand or realize that they're dealing with an evil presence. And we've talked about this before when we were talking about angels and demons and how the demons became demons instead of angels. But the demons and Satan love to play with people emotions. And they're the ones that are masquerading themselves and manifesting themselves into ghosts. They're also portraying themselves as dead relatives, and they're the ones that are creating the havoc in homes where people sometimes wake up in the middle of the night, feeling the air leaving their bodies, and they feel like a weight is pressing upon them. And they're the ones that are doing the mysterious knockings. And all of those things are caused by what we bring into the home and by not guarding our thoughts and our mind and having Jesus in our lives. Get rid of every evil thing that is in your house. Get it out. Burn it. Destroy it. Don't let anybody else get to it either. And all of those stories just further progressed the people's fascination with what was going on behind the scenes because they couldn't explain it because they didn't know what was actually going on. They didn't remember what the Bible was saying about it. They don't remember that there's a Satan or demons or things like that. And all of those satanic rituals are not anything as we Christians should be involved with or anybody else. And you should not even watch videos that have it in it. You're inviting evil spirits into your homes. And that's what all those mysterious happenings were. Like I was saying, it was Satan and his evil angels trying to convince people that there is life after death, that there's more beyond what they see, that they don't have to really fear death because you'll live forever. You don't have to repent because you'll go to heaven or you'll just float around here or who knows what the stories are being told every day there's new stories and new things that people come up with and satan and his evil angels can give people knowledge of another life from the past and give exact details of that person's life because they were there And they saw all of the history take place. People call it another life, a past life that they've lived. But there is no past life. And people are like, well, then how do I know what this person did? I've never researched it out before. Well, it's because Satan knows how those stories go. And he can give you enough details in order to make it seem true. And actually influence your dreams and give you a storyline of what that person went through. And it should come as no surprise. That in order for Satan to keep people from the truth, he will do whatever is necessary to get them to believe in a lie. And when you hear people talking about their previous lives, they had and give the exact history of that person without. Ever knowing about them, know that it isn't because reincarnation is possible. It's just because Satan has a hold on that person's life and is giving them that information as I was saying before. And it says in John 8 44 that ye are of your father the devil, and the lust of your father ye will do. He was a murderer from the beginning, and abode not in the truth, because there is no truth in him. When he speaketh a lie, he speaketh of his own, for he is a liar and the father of it. So Satan invented lies and and he knows how to spin it just so that people will believe it. He can mix truth with error so well that people are deceived. Now you may say that you don't believe in all of that or do any of those things but you do believe that once your relatives die they go to heaven or to hell depending on whether or not that person was good or bad. And this philosophy is just as dangerous as the others and it was born from the same place as the other beliefs. And you may also try and remind me of the Bible story of Samuel. You know the one where Saul went to the witch of Endor and asked for Samuel to be called forth. And you may say that the Bible contradicts itself since it says in other places that there is no life after death. And we have this story that appears to be contradictory to that fact. Well, a couple of things I would like to point out about this story is that we can prove that it was actually not Samuel who came to Saul, but Satan or one of his evil angels that appeared like Samuel. The first thing I would like to point out is that Saul had previously removed all of the witches, warlocks, and other spiritualistic people from the city when he first became king. And when he went to visit this witch, he went in the cover of darkness and he wore a cloak to cover his face because he knew what he was doing was wrong and he didn't want people to recognize who he was. Saul knew the truth at the beginning of his reign as king, which just shows how far gone he really was and how much Satan was now controlling his life. Saul would have never have gone to that witch at the beginning of his reign, which is obvious because of him throwing them all out and telling them that they were no longer welcome. So even when he went to visit her, he knew he was in the wrong and that he shouldn't be there and it wasn't of the Lord. Another thing that we're told in the Bible is that Satan and his angels can transform themselves into angels of light and humans and other things like that. Like I was saying previously and we've mentioned in other podcasts. Podcast. They can manifest themselves into anything they want, such as when Satan was speaking through the serpent in the Garden of Eden, as I was saying earlier. And Satan loves to portray himself as these people because it deceives people and makes them believe in life after death. So be very careful. And if you have had this experience, pray. Ask the Lord to be with you, to cast out all of the demons in your life and in your home if you have any. Prayer is the key to everything. Satan is going to do everything in his power to get to us and to deceive us. But God is stronger and he will be with us no matter what we may go through. So the Bible says that Saul perceived him to be Samuel. He went to the witch, the witch called forth Samuel, and Satan knew how Samuel looked, dressed, and the sound of his voice, and how he worded things, and any other little detail that would convince Saul that it really was Samuel. And that's how Saul perceived him as Samuel because he also knew how Samuel dressed and spoke. So when the demon disguised himself as Samuel and appeared like that and talked like him, he was convinced that it was Samuel risen from the dead momentarily. And now we come to a point where the demon is speaking with Saul about what is going to happen to him and how he predicts his death. This doesn't mean that it was Samuel just because the demon was able to prophesy his death. It also doesn't mean that demons can tell the future. Although we don't know how it came to be that the demon knew that information, it doesn't take much of a leap of faith to believe that the Lord allowed the demon to tell Saul what was to come. And he knew from what everything Saul was doing that his end was pretty imminent because he was so far gone. He had demons running his life and then he went to visit the witch. So, it didn't take much to figure out that Saul was not going to survive the war that was coming upon him. And with David being anointed the king, something had to happen sooner or later. So although we don't know the full story, it doesn't take a genius to figure out what was going to happen that day. And if you would like to read this story for yourself in the Bible, you can find it in 1 Samuel chapter 28. Read it for yourself. It's a very interesting story, kind of scary in a way, but it's also good for you to read it for yourself so that you can see how the devil was so clever in a way that he was able to further entrap Saul. And this is why we need to be so careful and we need to take the Bible and study it and dig deeper so that we see the truth and we can know and not be deceived when a devil comes to try to deceive us and portray a dead relative because it won't work on us if Satan does that because we know the truth and we know that the dead don't know anything. And it says in. 2 Corinthians 11 14 and no marvel for Satan himself is transformed into an angel of light another story people love to take out of context is the parable that Jesus told about Lazarus and the rich man that died and you can find that parable in Luke 16 verses 19 through 26 and I would just say it is not talking about life after death it's a parable which means it's a story that is supposed to represent something else it is a story that has such a deep meaning and it was meant to tell us how we're supposed to act here on this earth and that it does matter what we do and say down here and that we're not going to be able to change our character once we get to heaven. No, we need to decide our characters now. We must be kind and loving and we must have Christ in our hearts and be like Christ now. We can't wait to get to heaven to act that way. We won't make it to heaven if we don't act this way and if we don't have Christ in our and in our lives. Our characters have to change now. No sin will be permitted into heaven, just like it's not permitted now. Matthew 25 45 says, Then shall he answer them, saying, Verily I say unto you, Inasmuch as ye did it not to one of the least of these, ye did it not to me. This parable shows us that we must treat others as we would want to be treated. The golden rule. And people also like to point out the thief on the cross, and how Jesus told him this in Luke 23, 43. And Jesus said unto him, Verily I say unto thee, Today shalt thou be with me in paradise. They like to say that because Jesus said that, it means that the thief must be in heaven after he died because Jesus said, today you will be with me in paradise. This is caused by a simple grammatical error. The scholars put the comma in the wrong area. The comma should have been placed after today instead of before, like it is. So it should say, verily I say unto thee, today shalt." thou thou be with me in paradise. So I'm telling you today that you're going to be with me in paradise later on in the future. This may not be enough evidence for you. In that case, think about it this way. Was Jesus himself in heaven that day? The answer is a resounding no. Jesus was in the grave until Sunday morning, as we all know. And with that being the case, how would it have been possible for the thief to have been with Jesus in paradise that day if Jesus himself wasn't even there? That is a pretty good question, don't you think? Therefore, the belief that most Christians have is wrong, and all the evidence is against the fact that there is life after death. And there will come a day when Jesus does return for his followers and have a resurrection, and those that follow him will be granted eternal life in heaven. Until then, they are not in heaven waiting or in hell suffering. Hell is not yet existing. It is something that will take place, but it's not taking place right now, as many people think. And we'll get into that in another podcast like I said before. Another question to think about is if there is life after death and the good people are in heaven at this moment, why would it be necessary for Jesus to have a resurrection of the people? I mean, if they're already in heaven, wouldn't they just come down with him or wait there while he comes to get the living? I mean, it doesn't make sense for them to be put back into their grave and have another resurrection. That just doesn't make sense to me. And I mean, the answer is once again simple. It wouldn't be necessary. So then why is almost every religion out there preaching that your dead loved ones are in heaven watching over you? And why would your dead relatives even be happy watching over you when they see so much sadness in your life over losing them and all of the troubles that you have to go through? That wouldn't make them happy. Heaven is supposed to be happy. You're supposed to be happy there. Your loved ones would want you to be happy as well. And the The reason that satan is the father of lies and has deceived many many people into believing this lies is for the fact that if you're deceived he can deceive you into believing all of his lies and not making it into heaven he does not want you to make it into heaven there's no purgatory there's no hell they are not in heaven looking down on us and they are not suffering another example is when jesus raised lazarus from the dead and after four days of being in the grave he never once told about what heaven was like something to think about in that situation is that Jesus would have known that Lazarus was in heaven and he would be according to most beliefs happy there so why would Jesus pull Lazarus out of heaven where he would have been happy to bring him down to this dark evil world if I was Lazarus I would have complained and been like send me back I do not want to be here. Heaven was glorious. It's beautiful. It's full of glorious things. I don't want to be here in this world anymore where there's trials and tribulations. I mean, surely he would have complained about it and wanted to go back there. I mean, wouldn't you want to be somewhere where it's pure and holy and you don't have to worry about sickness or disease or anything like that and, and be with holy heavenly beings and with the Lord himself? Instead, we know from history that after Lazarus was raised, that the Jews tried to murder him. I mean, Lazarus was a living example of what Jesus could do and that they were wrong. And they wanted to put that evidence back in the grave. We also find no record anywhere of Lazarus talking about what heaven was like. I mean, surely he would have told people around him what heaven would have been like, even if he had been there. When you hear people describing their experiences of heaven and what it was like, just remember that Satan was once an angel who lived in heaven and can describe it. Satan gives these visions to people to bolster his deceptions. The Lord allows it to happen to shift the wheat from the tares. Remember the parable of the sower planting and then an enemy comes along and plants tares? If you don't, read it in Matthew chapter 13 verses 24 through 30. And with all that being said, let's come to the point of what exactly does the Bible have to say about death? Does it even tell us about it. Well, it happens to be very clear in the Bible what it has to say and the truth of what death is really like. And here are just some of the verses. In Ecclesiastes 9.5, it says, For the living know that they shall die, but the dead know not anything, neither have they any more a reward, for the memory of them is forgotten. In 1 Corinthians 15 verses 52 through 57, it says, In a moment, in the twinkling of an eye, at the last trump, for the trumpet shall sound, and the dead shall be raised incorruptible. And we shall be changed, for this corruptible must put on incorruption, and this mortal must put on immortality. So when this corruptible shall have put on incorruption, and this mortal shall have put on immortality, then shall be brought to pass the saying that is written, Death is swallowed up in victory. O death, where is thy sting? O grave, where is thy victory? The sting of death is sin, and the strength of sin is the law. But thanks be to God which giveth us the victory through our lord jesus christ john 5 28 and 29 says marvel not at this for the hour is coming in the which all that are in the graves shall hear his voice and shall come forth they that have done good unto the resurrection of life and they that have done evil unto the resurrection of damnation acts 2 29 and verse 34 says men and brethren let me freely speak unto you of the patriarch david that he is both dead and buried and his sculpture is with us unto this day for david is not ascended into the heavens but he saith himself the lord said unto my lord sit thou on my right hand so you see in these few verses here it's saying that the dead don't know anything that they won't be raised until jesus comes and that they shall come forth out of their graves and that even king david is still in his graves and that was written after jesus was resurrected and he ascended up into heaven so you see that he couldn't be in heaven he's still in the grave. The Bible is very clear. He can't be in both places. Just like everyone who loved and followed the Lord, and even those wicked people, they're still in the grave too. It says further in Ecclesiastes chapter nine, verses five, six, and 10, that for the living know that they shall die, but the dead know not anything. Neither have they any more a reward, for the memory of them is forgotten. Also their love and their hatred and their envy is now perished. Neither have they any more a portion forever in anything that is done under the sun. Whatsoever thy hand findeth to do, do it with thy might. For there is no work, nor device, nor knowledge, nor wisdom in the grave, whither thou goest. Job 14 verses 12 and verse 21 says, So man lieth down and riseth not, till the heavens be no more. They shall not awake, nor be raised out of their sleep. His sons come to honor, and he knoweth it not. And they are brought low, but he perceiveth it not of them. Psalms 146 verse says says his breath goeth forth, he returneth to his earth in that very day his thoughts perish. So these verses say that there's no more of them. They don't think, they don't breathe, they're nothing. They're brought back to dust. Dust thou art and dust thou wilt return. And when you hear about the spirit returning to the Lord, it isn't the person they're talking about. It's his breath. What is a soul? It is body plus breath, as we're told in Genesis 2 7. And the Lord God formed man out of the dust of the ground and breathed into his nostrils the breath of life and man became a living soul. So it was because God breathed the breath of life into Adam that he became a living soul. So body plus breath equals soul. You take one of those away, such as breath, you no longer have a living soul. You're nothing, you're going to go back to dust. And that's what returns to the Lord. The breath is returned to the Lord who gave it to us in the first place. And if you love the Lord and serve him faithfully, then death is not going to be the end. There is a place being prepared for us, and very soon Jesus will come and take us home with him. In 1 Thessalonians 4 16-18 it says, For the Lord himself shall descend from heaven with a shout, with the voice of the archangel, and with the trump of God, and the dead in Christ shall rise first. Then we which are alive and remain shall be caught up together with them in the clouds, to meet the Lord in the air, and so shall we ever be with the Lord. Wherefore, comfort one another with these words. This is why it's important to live every day as if it's our last because we don't know what the day may hold. We don't know if we could die today. We need to live every day for Jesus. We need to have him in our lives and go to him and pray to him and make sure that we're ready, confessing our sins, asking forgiveness to those we have done wrong and trying to do better every single day, every single moment of every single day. It's says in st september 3 1894 paragraph 6 spiritualism is a dangerous phase of infidelity and we should not go into the assemblies of spiritualists prompted by motives of curiosity in so doing we are placing ourselves on satan's ground and cannot expect help from god unless he has a work for us to do to speak some message to those who are ignorant and deceived and immediately leave the assembly they are of the world therefore Therefore speak they of the world, and the world heareth them. Their erroneous doctrine that the soul is immoral is almost universally received by the world, and the belief that the dead go immediately to heaven gives spiritualism a deep hold upon the people. Believing this doctrine, men have nothing with which to shield themselves from the errors of spiritualism. Through evil spirits, they receive communications and accept them as messages from their lost loved ones. Satan and his agents, personate their dead friends, and thus impart to them satanic delusions. But God has given us a rule whereby to test what is truth. The prophet says to the law and to the testimony, if they speak not according to this word, it is because there is no light in them. He that is of God heareth God's word. We are of God. He that knoweth God heareth us. He that is not of God heareth not us. Hereby know we the spirit of truth and the spirit of error. But ye believe not. Because ye are not of my sheep, as I said unto you. My sheep hear my voice, and I know them, and they follow me. If any man think himself to be a prophet or spiritual, let him acknowledge that the things that I write unto you are the commandments of the Lord. Beloved, believe not every spirit, but try the spirits, whether they are of God. Because many false prophets are gone out into the world. Hereby know ye the Spirit of God. Every spirit that confesses that Jesus Christ is come in the flesh, is of God and every spirit that confesses not that Jesus Christ is come in the flesh is not of God and this is that spirit of Antichrist whereof ye have heard that it should come and even now already is it in the world those are very solemn words this is how we can know we are to test every spirit if an angel comes to you and you think something going on you test them whether they're good or bad and as you can see both the Bible and the spirit of prophecy have much to say on this subject go read the great controversy chapter 34 it's titled can our dead speak to us that chapter is so powerful and it tells of the same things that i was saying here and it goes into the spiritualism and and goes into how the devil does these sorts of things i highly encourage you to read that chapter and maybe one day i'll read it on the podcast just read it and go through it and i pray that this has been a blessing to you and that in the end times you won't be deceived when Satan is trying to go around and deceive people with their dead relatives or with spirits or with whatever because you know the truth now and you know that Satan is out there roaring like a lion, doing whatever he can to get us into a false slumber, a false theology, trying to put us into a false reality of safety. He can't provide safety. Only Christ can provide safety. Under his wings alone, you will be safe. We must not be deceived we're warned about that in the bible again and again and that's why it's important to know your bible and to know the truth so that you can give an answer to every man that asks for a reason and the bible says this as well and this is so important remember that you can repent no matter how deep you may think you are in satan's net the lord is there waiting to cut you free and set you on the path of righteousness we must be willing and take the necessary steps if we do our part the lord will do his the lord calls us to Come out of Babylon. And Babylon is the wickedness and deceptions of Satan, whatever they might be. And that's part of what Babylon is because Babylon is full of wickedness and evil and it's full of deception. I pray that you are blessed by this and that you go and tell others about this as well. This truth needs to be told everywhere to everyone because spiritualism is running rampant and people are searching for the truth. People want to know. What goes on when you die? Death is like a sleep, like it says in the Bible. Jesus said that Lazarus was sleeping in the grave. So when he was asleep, he didn't know what was going on around him. He didn't know how much time had passed. He didn't know anything. And when he woke up, he was probably very confused as to why there was cloth all around him in the grave. He didn't know what was going on. And when people explained it to him, he still gave no answer as to what he had been through in the four days because he himself didn't know. And he was a living testimony of what the Lord was able to do. And Lazarus wasn't the only person that Jesus raised from the dead while he was there. So remember all of this and then tell it to others as well. Bible and spirit of prophecy tell us the same thing. We have no need to doubt what the Lord is saying to us and what the truth is. He tells us the truth in his word so that we are prepared and can stand sure in front of the enemy. We don't need to be afraid. We just need to to have faith and have Christ in our hearts, and with God, nothing is impossible. Remember what it says in Matthew 5:16: let your light so shine before men that they may see your good works and glorify your Father which is in heaven. I pray that this was a blessing, and with all that being said, let your light so shine that you are a star witness for the Lord.